All right, folks, this is the last episode that we talked about Dungeons & Dragons, so we're going to do something a little different for this one. Uh, I got, uh, of course, Jacoby. We're going to play Dungeons & Dragons? <laughs> yep. Uh, Jacoby is obviously here, and we are once again joined by the L-Train. Mm-hmm. And, and for the first time, we have T-Diddy with us. Special uh, guest star, well, T-Diddy. That's going to be his name. Is T-Diddy. Yeah, <laughs> it's always been T-Diddy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a part of this anymore. T Diddy from the city. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, so we're basically what we're basically gonna do is kind of go through the beginning portion of the starter kit campaign for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Um, the starter kit is like what 13, 14 bucks at Target, something like that. Nineteen dollars. Man, it's cheaper than that. No, you, you can get it on sale though. You can get it cheaper than nineteen dollars. Um, it's on sale, but I'm saying the regular price is 19. All right, but Jacob is going today, to. <laughs> you just today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob is going to act as the DM for this audio only session. Dungeon master. This is correct. Uh, myself, uh, L Train, and T Diddy are going to be the player characters, mm-hmm. and. Um, it should be a really, really interesting go about since we've never done it this way before. So not only is it going to be an experience for us, it's going to be an experience for the listeners. Yeah, and I would say that if like you're not, you know, used to playing games that aren't computer games or board games where there's you know physical things in front of you where you're told what to do, it's very important to remember that you're really relying on your imagination for a lot of the stuff. Josh touched on this in the previous podcast mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. how you know, you can do things that are not available to you in real life and see things that aren't available to see in real life. That's because much like reading, you know, uh, the, the character you see, you know, you see Robert Langdon as Tom Hanks, but you're like, oh, wait, I didn't really think you looked like that. It's the same kind of thing. It's It lives in your in your mind. It's important to remember that, that the scene that Jacob builds, the world that he builds may look different to each one of us, but it's still that same unique connection. And that that's kind of what makes D&D a, a wonderful game. Well, beautifully mm-hmm. said. And if you want a perfect example of what it's like to be a newcomer to this, that would be me. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Tyler has never played well, uh, D&D IRL. He did play a little bit on Roll20, but that's a little different. Um, uh, I was going to say, are you talking about the podcast or D&D? No, D- both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both, yeah. <laughs> First podcast, first uh, or second game of D anD D because first one was yeah. with you guys. Well, the on, uh, first, roll, roll twenty. Yeah, roll twenty, and that was like we we played about what six or seven sessions of that, and then mm-hmm. it just yeah, kind of disappeared. So. No pl- plug for roll twenty as a platform though, really good. I mean, it is, it is, and hey. I I appreciate what it is and what it does, but I mean, nothing compares to IRL D anD D. I agree, but for free, for free, it can't be beat. I, I'm it, convinced well, it cannot be beat. Here's the thing: is that you have to one person. So, for example, me, I've invested in a lot of different books IRL. Uh, if I wanted to to use those books and maps and um, creature stats and things like that like the Monster Manual or Volo's Guide to Monsters and Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Um, they all have those. Th- those are all on Roll20. But if I wanted to use them or the Dragon's Tyranny stuff, if I bought Dragon's Tyranny on Roll20, all like that Sky Castle that we talked about last time and that, that Blizz engaged in would be on there and you could move your, your characters through it. Um, 
but that's that's primarily for combat and less for uh, the actual role playing part of the role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would, if I wanted to do that, I would have to reinvest the exact. I mean, they cost the exact same. Uh, yeah, so that's another thing. Like you got to decide: do you want to you want to invest in IRL? Do you want to invest in virtual? And like, well, like I told the guys today, like I just bought the books or ordered the books for Curse of Strahd and Tomb of Annihilation because those are two of the like most highly rated D and D campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, one of these days I would like to try DMing and. I think, you know, having those available to me and reading them beforehand will give me a sense of like what I need to prepare and all that fun stuff. Because, I mean, the, the Tyranny of Dragons campaign that we are running right now, I mean, it's like I mentioned in the podcast, it's like the only thing I legitimately look forward to nowadays because obviously, you know, COVID and all that fun stuff. But it's just, it's so fun. Nice. All right. and, and, well, and yeah, you know, it's what we're talking about while we're talking about investing in things. If you just want to play D anD D with a group of people, you don't need anything. You need a pencil, it, yeah, and, and dice, and dice. You can borrow <laughs> dice. dice Any, anybody who's played D anD D more than once has fifteen sets of dice. You can right. borrow a set of dice. You know what I mean? Or like I mean, there's dice apps on your phone. Yeah, and yeah. You can it, print off character sheets and, off, and the, uh, offline for free. And it's one of those things where, like, it could be the cheapest hobby you ever had. Or mm-hmm. if you get into it, you know, it could be just like every other hobby where you're spending, you know, a couple hundred bucks on books and dice and a, a dice tower and stuff, mini fig, mini figs off a of hero forge like job. Yep. Yep. 50 bucks. Yeah. Don't or care. like Don't we're care. playing Dragon's Tyranny and I've bought um, little booster packs of figures uh, to go along with that. So there's specific characters that are like represented as miniatures oh, figures and things sp- like that. Speaking of miniatures, I saw that you had Tiamat, but do you have a uh, Bahamut? No. Uh, Bahamut's a little bit cheaper. Uh, I don't, I don't foresee us encountering him or needing him for anything, so I did not purchase him. I was just curious because he's really cool looking, but, but he could also be represented by uh, a, a glue stick. You know what I mean? Coffee, yeah, well, like a coffee yeah. mug because he's a coffee mug. Sure, a coffee mug. <laughs> that that gets a, it gets into another point that I wanted to bring up, and then I'll, I'll drop the whole meta part of it. Like, if you have kids, like a D and D cyclopedia is, a, is an amazing book purchase because there's like a whole lot of lore stuff to read. They have to do math in their head. It, it's yeah. a book that's gonna that, that allows them an entryway to a hobby. Could get them into artistic things if they want to draw their character. There's, mm. there's math, there's strategy. There's a lot of things that make it a well-rounded hobby for a growing mind. And and as someone who was forced into playing D&D with his older brother's group, I look back at that <laughs> and think that this was that, that was a really good thing. Like, Yeah, for sure. And there's actually, uh, it's funny you say that, Lenny, is because uh, Wizards of the Coast is ahead of you uh, on that. They have the Young Adventurers Collection, which consists of um, four books, uh, wizards and spells, dungeons and tomes, warriors and weapons, monsters and creatures. Uh, you can get a at Target. You can get a pack that entire set of books for twenty seven ninety nine, um, and it basically gives your kids everything they need to play D anD D. And I'm trying to find an age here, like a suggested age, because that would be interesting to see what they would suggest for that. I think I was six or seven, legit. I didn't get it. I thought it was cool. Um, and then, you know, I, I actually started actually playing you know, when I was 
a little older than that. <clears throat> nine to twelve. Yeah. So look, a normal nine-year-old, a Lenny six to seven-year-old. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> So Jacob is going to pretty much go through like the beginning setup of creating a character and all that fun stuff. Like what you would normally do at the beginning if you were starting a brand new campaign. Jacob is going to go through that uh, real quick. I'm going to run upstairs and grab a slice of pizza. And Tyler had to go and he had to take down a canopy because it is currently storming outside. Mm -hmm. So Tyler will rejoin us here in just a couple minutes. Uh, Jacob is going to take it away. So that's why he didn't move much. <laughs> that's why he didn't get around a lot. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, all right. So step one, grab a character sheet for free off the internet. Or if you buy one of these like little packages of things, uh, they have pre-made character sheets that are already filled out. And they have like these little crisp, uh, thicker paper stock. Uh, blank ones that come with it, and you can. It's really nice to have a character sheet on a nice crisp piece of paper. So, Jacob, you were sharing the website D and D Beyond with us earlier. You could go and print out a PDF from there, right? Yeah, actually, is you know, I'm going to do that now. Actually, and then I'm going to run. I'm going to build a character on D and D Beyond. While okay. We do that. And then when we were younger, you know, if you buy that that character guide, that adventures guide in the back, these pages are in there, and you could fo photocopy it, or I don't know if anybody even has a photocopier anymore. But th those are back there. That all those, all these resources, these sheets and things that you use are all mm -hmm. included in that. So, and everything we just said about Roll Twenty is also true for D and D Beyond. Like, if you want to buy Curse of Strahd or um, things of that, like that's all on D and D Beyond. Bolo's Guide to Monsters, uh, things like that. All the special things are on there. Mm -hmm. You can make basic stuff, but if you want to just make a basic guy. Uh, we're going to do that right now. D&D yeah. Beyond Character Builder. So you just click there. You can do a quick build, randomize, or standard. Um, and another thing, Jacob, I was just thinking, it, say you're into uh, world building or, or writing and or short stories or novels, whatever that, and you want to think of what characters are out there for your you know short story, fantasy story you've got for literature, English one, or whatever you got to turn in. You could go in here and just don't even have to play the game. You could create a character, Think about the backstory, the lore, and then, you know, have that person be someone you're kind of attached to or connected to. For sure. And uh, having the stats that we're about to talk about um, can help you in writing writing your story. So, like, if I create a, uh, a character that's particularly strong and in my story um, he's got to save a wizard that's in his story from... Uh, uh, stone that's about to fall on him, uh, you know, that comes into play. And, and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, writing a book is basically like just playing D&D &D by yourself. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, not, right. Exactly. It's not uh, not any different. All right. So uh, quick build. Uh, we would choose a race. Lots of different uh, races on here. you got your basic fantasy races, dwarves, elves. Genasi are not basic. <laughs> They're uh, elemental creatures. Uh, we got gnomes, we got goliaths, which are half-giants. We got half-elves, which are, um, as described, half-orcs. If you don't know what an orc is, Google it. If uh, We got halflings, which are basically like the hobbits from The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. You got humans, um, things like that. So we're going to pick a human. 
just because uh no well so a human gets uh everybody gets racial abilities the human's racial ability is that you basically you get a plus one to all of your stats the stats are strength dexterity constitution intelligence wisdom and charisma if you pick a human as your race you automatically get plus one to all of those which is really really good uh uh they've always been in in every iteration of DD and pathfinder they've always been a very round out rounded out race uh, but for this for this we're going to pick a tiefling because we're going to make a paladin um so tiefling and then we're going to choose our class uh we have barbarian those are uh, berserker rage guys who uh, are they don't they take about half damage on most stuff and um, and they hit as uh, pretty hard well some of them do and then you have bard these are people who use their charisma to cast spells and uh, to their spells are based around like stereotypical bard stuff it would be you know charming people and telling stories playing uh Bloodhunter, which is a class that Matthew Mercer, that uh, show that we talked about last thing, he he invented this class, and it is now. Well, so it's not even that's not in the player's handbook, huh? So that's not in the player's handbook. Not the regular one, no. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So this this group we were talking about that plays D and D, Matthew Mercer, the the DM for that group. Uh, is so involved with D and D, they have he is a, a class that's a part of the actual D and D, and he has a uh, a book called Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, which is also all about uh, his own magic he invented called Dunamancy. It's a manipulation of time um, and uh, probability possibility. It's pretty cool. He also invented this Blood Hunter uh, clerics. Those are guys that heal with magic. Druids, they use nature, they can morph into animals, they can control plants, talk to plants, talk to animals. Fighters, they fight things, like the fight guy. Monks are, um, they're kind of like fighters, except they use like uh, this internal energy called uh, Ki. Uh, Think of it as like Dragon Ball Z without all the Kamehamehas. Uh, Paladins, those are... um, it's like a fighter and a cleric had a baby. Uh, rangers are, they are like a druid and a, uh, maybe a rogue. A, druid bone, a, rogue, a, baby. a rogue, yeah. yeah. Um, they do nature stuff too. They're, rangers are kind of like a, a jack of all trades, master of none uh, kind of class. Rogues are supposed to be stealthy, steal shit, stab shit and not get hit mm-hmm. sorcerers are all about the um amount of spells they can cast they cast them um with their own t- internal power most of the time they'll have uh a uh, blood lineage that is connected to dragons or um you know some other kind of maybe like a wild fae um oh, but so, so real quick though like if yeah. people think they see sorcerer and they think magic they see wizard and warlock they think magic but there's very distinct differences in the backstory right absolutely so, like, so wizard, like wizards learn it and sorcerers are born with it like maybe it's made kind of thing that's yeah. exactly it wizards learn magic uh sorcerers are born with it and um the the ability to spell cast is not uh especially for a wizard is not you could you can't level up 
I mean, you would have to explain it. So like, let's say I started out and I wanted to be uh, a fighter like Tyler is about to be. And then the next level, I barbarian, just... he's going to be a barbarian. Yes, sir. I'm a barbarian. Oh, I'm Jesus much Christ. more wild. So that guy wants to be a sorcerer. Well, in the narrative, we would have to explain like why he, why he never had any of these abilities before. Mm. Um, me as a DM, I might have him have an encounter by himself or a dream where he, um, you know, has a walks onto a pool of water and then he sees arcane energy flow forth into his into his and engulf his entire body and he wakes up in a cold sweat and starts shooting off spells and mm. realizes uh, that he might you know slowly realizes that he might be a sorcerer. Like a magic uh, wizard, dream. Yeah, wizard's a little bit easier to explain. We have a, a rogue in our group right now. Yeah, he is, and he's so broken because of it. <laughs> it's not he would have he would have had all that regardless because he was a trickery rogue anyway um he has chosen to put levels into wizard um because he has you know he's seen a magic user in his party and he wants uh, as a role-playing thing he wanted to add some stuff to that um and then you can like combine all these to do some pretty broken shit uh you can make barbarians which is you know put some levels into bard put some levels into ro- into barbarian and uh, things like that. Super fun. Uh, warlocks. We I didn't talk about that. Lenny was uh, referred. So sorcerers are born with it, like Maybelline. Wizards uh, learn it. And then warlocks make a pact with a, uh, not necessarily a god, like a cleric or a paladin does, but a lesser deity type thing. It could be an archfey. Uh, it could be a, an archfey would be like a, a being, just a powerful being. It could be an old one. Which is like basically like a Cthulhu type monster. It can be um, lots of things, uh, and it can even be like a homebrew thing, which uh, mm. is what Crystal Pete is in our campaign, which we talked about Crystal Pete plenty. Uh, so for this character, um, I picked a Tiefling. So I want they get a racial ability for um, I think one for strength and then two for charisma. So I'm going to want to pick something that rolls its stats off charisma. Which my options there are Bard. Uh, paladin, uh, sorcerer, and warlock. So, hey, while you're thinking about that, uh, the point I was, while you were talking about all the multi-classing thing, is like if you want to multi-class and mix classes, that's the great thing. Do it. The DM will find a way to make it happen, right? So just have fun with it. Yeah. If you want to be a a, like, I think at one point Josh said he played a barbarian. And other well, combinations like that, where like if you want to do that kind of crazy stuff, you can just do it. It'll be fun. Just have fun. I mean, yeah. And the only drawback to that, and I mean, chances are of hitting level twenty are very slim anyway. But since level twenty is max level, then say if you started as like I'm a barbarian and decided to take a level in warlock or something like that, I would never be able to hit level twenty of a barbarian right and that and you lose like yeah, some pretty right. amazing feats by not hitting max level of a certain class but if like the, well, my, my whole life my whole life i want to be a really strong person that casted magic then you could you know be five levels fighter five levels wizard and fulfill that fantasy the whole the, my whole point is what i'm saying is like if you if you think about it and you think it's possible then in this game you can do it and just do it yeah and you can also take 
uh, you can do legendary campaigns and have 20 levels in Barbarian and one level in Bard at level 20 or whenever you want to do it. It's not, you. I mean, um, in the old, in Pathfinder, they had, once you got to level 20, you could take what was called like a prestige class. So if you got to level 20 as a, one of the, one of the main core things, like let's say a uh, paladin, I'm level 20 paladin. Uh, I can then take a level in what's uh, Holy Vindicator. Uh, well, actually, you can start at level 15 with Holy Vindicator, if I remember correctly. But anyway, um, yeah, so there's there's ways to do it. Whatever you want to do, um, the important thing is that everybody's having fun. The rules are there so that people have fun, not to keep people mm-hmm. from having fun. Um, all right, so anyway, we're going to go over. So uh, I just put race and class into D&D Beyond, and it made me an entire character. Easy peasy. Uh, it has put my ability scores uh, into appropriate things, and they make a lot of sense. So my strength is eight, because I've picked Warlock, and I'm not going to need that much strength. Um, Dexterity is 13. Constitution is 14. Intelligence is 2. Wisdom is 10. And Charisma is 15. Charisma being the most important. Did you say your intelligence is two? Twelve. Oh. Did I, say that? <laughs> I, said that. I, I was about to say, because if your intelligence is two, boy, you are. Woo-wee. So in D&D, uh, you have Talk about deficits. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, in D&D, your modifiers uh, affect a lot of what you do. So uh, if I tell Lenny to make a strength check later, he's going to... Um, he's not proficient in strength, so he's just going to roll a d20... Um, which means D D means D twenty means a twenty sided die. He's going to roll that and add his modifier, um, which is a negative one. Which is a negative one. So if he rolls a twenty, he gets a nineteen. Um, yeah. Even though a twenty is an automatic success, but so like a nine, he rolls a nineteen, he gets an eighteen. Things things of that nature. Um, this character that I'm creating now, all the all the stats are already plugged in. Um, my modifier for charisma is a plus three, so that adds to my spell casting, which is going to be a big part of what I do. Um, Warlock's uh, bread and butter is going to be a uh, thing called Eldritch Blast. Um, my skill proficiencies, because I'm a warlock, are Arcana, which means magic, and history. Um, it just assigned me two random languages, which I don't even know what those are. Nosh and Vedlaken. But you can pick things um, that might make more sense for your character. So, like, if I was going to play Curse of Strahd, I would pick, um, you know, Abyssal. Uh, You know, if I'm playing Dragon's Tyranny, I'm probably going to pick Draconic as a language. Um, And then you get whatever language uh, goes with yours. So I'm a Tiefling, so I would automatically know the abyssal language actually um then you pick a background this character they randomly assigned me the researcher background um that gives me uh, a benefit in some way um different backgrounds give you different benefits so like a folk hero gets a um i forget what a folk hero gets uh but your background adds to your character's um story like lenny was saying telling the story it also adds to your your actual ability in the game uh then you can just like randomly select personality 
things that you would want, or you can choose them and uh, really have fun making your character. Um, you can choose your faith, your your skin color, hair, just like like a video game, picking all the things, um, personality, whatever. Uh, and this is really you playing it, so you know you can play it how, however you want. Uh, then you go in, then you have, uh, items. So the warlock class starts with certain items, the background for, um, whatever my, what was my background? Did I just say researcher background? will start with certain equipment. Most characters start with a martial weapon or a simple weapon. Um, for example, wizards start with a quarterstaff, um, things like that. Later on, you'll get magical items that do, you know, super cool things. And um, but right now, for the purposes of this, uh, you know, we're we're all going to have basic weapons. But that's pretty much it on building a character. It's not it's not super hard. And um, as long as you just read the book and do what it says, uh, you're going to be all right. The way that we roll. Uh, that I was taught to roll uh, stats. Boom! I dropped all those D4s. Luckily, I have more D4s. Is, How many uh, D4s do you have? So many. I dropped four, and I have four more, so eight. D4s? I'm sorry. I keep saying that. D6s. Oh, that makes so you roll, sense. So you roll four D6s, drop the lowest number, re-roll one, and you do that six times, and that gives you all your stats. Um, and then you get appropriate modifiers for it. So, for example, a 10 is a plus zero modifier. A nine is a minus one modifier. Like my strength. Like yeah. Lenny's strength. Um, a 15 is a plus two. A plus one yeah. is a like 12. Things like that. Basically, a bonus increase is every two above or below 10. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so if, you 10, had a, if you had 12, a two with them, what would that be? Like a minus four? Minus five? Yeah. Minus four. Yeah, right. Be dumb as. Well, no intelligence. You if if yeah wisdom. If you had negative four, you would be like no common sense, not known anything about not yeah intelligence. If you intelligence at negative four, your dude's almost a vegetable. So okay, so Josh, I didn't So. there's a, lot of, there's a lot of resources out there to help you roll your character, right? Like we talked about D20. We talked about D&D Beyond. talked about buying the book and just reading it. Uh, sometimes people you know that are into playing the game <laughs> are great resources as a person. Um, so, also, but, go to your local game shop and just ask somebody. Everybody there is yeah. going to be super nice. They're going to help you figure it out. They'll even introduce you to um, a campaign that somebody's running. Uh, yeah, usually the only way to talk to a nerd is talk about what they like to talk about, and that's usually D and D. Hey, shut up! Um, here, here we are. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody at a your local nerd shop, like my buddy Wayne's Hard Hard Knock Games, or wherever you're listening to this, your local game shop. Everybody's going to be super nice and uh, welcoming to to new people. And that one person in Singapore, we see you. <laughs> yeah right yeah absolutely and, you know, we, and, and we appreciate it i'm sure D- <laughs> D- D- probably probably pretty popular in china oh, so hey go real quick going back to that josh you were talking about how if the, the person's wisdom was bad then you know uh 
you know, they realize they should have studied for the test. And if their intellect is bad, then they're going to fail the test, right? Like, so what is, what's the difference in all these different stats? Like, if you were to talk about a real person, how would you talk about well, constitution okay. versus strength? Well, dexterity? Con constitution is, I mean, that's different because that's basically kind of like your life force of the game for the most part. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like how hardy you are, like how many hits you can take, stuff like that. Right. Eh, but, it's also, really, but it's also like your willpower for the most part, like, like your, well, your wisdom is really your willpower. Mm. Well, wisdom is more like what you know. Intelligence is no. Uh, I thought intelligence is what you knew, and wisdom was how you how you used it, kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but wisdom is also like if you look at the saving throws that you have to take when certain things happen to you. Mm -hmm. So if somebody tries to cast friends on you, for example, like a mind control kind of thing. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Constitution, man. Like Constitution is like the. I don't, that's like let's the say I wanted to cast, let's, let's say I'm a warlock and I want to cast hex on somebody. Like, how would they resist that? Right. One, you, one of those. Um, let me look up hex real quick. I'm pretty sure it's going to be con, but I could be wrong. It could be wisdom. Well, a, a lot of um, mind control things are either going to be wisdom or charisma. That's mm -hmm. always going to be the case. Constant, uh, poisons, like, poisons, strength, and things like that are going. Strength to is pretty self-explanatory. How strong your character is, dexterity is basically like how finesse, like how, like you know, how limber your person is. You don't have to make a save for hex. Hex just happens. Oh, no, does it? oh. Constitution yeah. is like trying to control strong. someone's mind is either going to be um, wisdom or like to resist the charm. Is either going to be like a, a wisdom thing or an intelligence thing, to um, or to <clears throat> do those things. So the mental stats, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Okay. What con? Uh, basically, physique, toughness, health, and resistance to disease and poison. Mm, okay. So like your hardiness, yeah. like a, a person with high con enjoys a hearty stew. Yeah. Christ. Okay. <laughs> Intelligence, as you said, what you know, wisdom, what you do with that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then charisma, obviously, you know, how capable you are of talking to people or, you know. Yeah, like everybody knew a charismatic person, like, right. like a silver tongue have, devil. Yeah, but every <laughs> every sorcerer is going to have high charisma. That doesn't mean that they're all, they can't be awkward. It just means, oh, okay. right, like. Your your natural state of your body is a charismatic thing. So, for example, a dragonborn sorcerer or a tiefling, the dragonborns and tieflings both get bonuses to their charisma. Why? Are they born charismatic? No, it's because they have um, innate abilities from their fiendish and draconic lineage mm -hmm. that, that are appealing. Um, okay. Imbue okay. them with power. Which wow, that's that's like super next level nerd. So moving <laughs> on. No, no, I get I get that. So this is like this is like something that's bestowed upon them, kind of like this is their what they're good at because they're given it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and that's why I mean in paladins, for example, paladins most of the time are the I mean, as far as actually being able to talk to people, paladins are always uh, stereotypically, like 
a lot more good and and they're not they're not the ones who are going into a bar and talking somebody out of their shirt you know what i mean but they mm-hmm. are the ones who are going in and talking about their god they're passionate about their god and their their, their charisma shines through that right they're uh standing on the parapet type of situation you know so whenever i think of a paladin for right or for wrong i always think of the strong arm alchemist from full metal alchemist uh-huh. does, anybody ever, does anybody ever think of that same thing He's yeah, he's kind of paladin-y. No, I've never watched Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, no clue. Oh, we we're like he's like he's kind of charming, you know, like in a weird way. But he's like yeah. strong and he's super proud of what he is, and he's like wants to do the right thing. But you know, he'll yeah. flex he'll flex a muscle, but then still read like read the book about why you're supposed to be the right person. And right, always always he's kind of like all my from Night Templar uh, from My uh, Hero Academia. Hmm. You're just naming more anime, like yeah. Well, I mean, it is. Let me counter your anime with more anime. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's how you put a character together. Um, the different abilities and things you can read about, not a big deal. Tonight we have uh, these three knuckleheads and their characters, which they're going to introduce you to. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I guess I'll get. I'm just going to run through mine. Not super. Uh, I'm going to be playing a male half elf cleric named Almorn. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, his backstory is he's been a member of the church his whole life. So, chaotic good. uh, Definitely tries to help people. Is the healer of the party, being a cleric, obviously. So, yeah. Uh, Okay. Don't really need to go into his description. He's basic half-elf. So, if you've seen Link from Legend of Zelda, think that. Ah, okay. Nice. All right. So uh, I, I went unknowingly with a, a a race that is not super normal with a lot of this stuff. I'm an Eric, Eric Cockro, which is like a bird person, like Harvey Birdman kind of. Um, <laughs> and I went rogue because we talked about the, the benefits of different races. And this one has a plus two to dexterity and rogue, uh, you know, needs that dex modifier for a lot of their attacks and things like that. Um, his name is Flight D. Eisenhower. Um, earlier, it was Owl Sharpton, but I decided to change it. Flight D. Eisenhower seemed... I wanted to get an intelligence. Like, I wanted Dexterity to be number one and Intelligence to be number two. I want to be like a Sherlock Holmes rogue. Hmm. So, like, I'm like, uh, I'm going to be up there with uh, invest- perception, investigation, stealth, that kind of stuff. Um, so it'll be fun right i'm a bird uh you know and oh but your wings are clipped i'm getting to that so when i said i didn't realize that i picked a race that's not good this so this race comes with flight if you think about birds you probably think oh they fly and if you don't think that then your intelligence or your wisdom is low well so just to clarify it's it's he has four limbs and then wings so he's Mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah, I'm like a bird with arms, which is a, a plug for r slash birds with arms. That's a real subreddit yeah. you should it's check a, out. So, like, there's another bird race called a kinkajou, which is, uh, or a kinku, what do they call Kinkus or whatever. Kekus. Kekus. Mm. I don't know. Um, but they're, like, basically these crow people, and they don't have the the wings and two and two other sets of limbs. They just have wings. I promise you, Josh just now went and typed in our slash birds with arms. I know, no, no. Mm-mm. Oh, you didn't? 
Uh, nope. We should because it's you'd see my character. Uh, so yeah, so they have flight, and Jacob said flight would be broke because I can like hover and shoot people with my bow and arrow and stuff like that. So we made the homebrew modification, which is something that your DM discretion can do. We talked about how you can make this game be whatever you want. My backstory is that someone in my that I'm close to ratted me out and got me captured by this weird collector person that wants to collect weird species. And he clipped my wings so I can no longer fly, so I wouldn't escape. So you're and like Odo. Yeah, now that I've used my intelligence to escape and get out of that situation, I'm kind of on the hunt. I'm investigating to who ratted me out, who gave up my position and turned me over to this weird collector guy who kept me captive for so long. Excellent backstory. <laughs> yeah. nice. And see, something like that, that gives the DM a lot to work with um, later on. And um, you could do, I could run a, a two month campaign uh, just on Lenny's backstory alone and give him little breadcrumbs here and breadcrumbs there and let him investigate this place and that place and fight this thing. And you have to go and fight, uh, see this keeper of, you know, the seller of giant spiders and then the giant spiders get out. Or you got to go see this, um, you know, get more information about this next person uh, by going and talking to the cloud giants on this, this mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can do, and you know, the more backstory you give your DM, the more mm-hmm. involved you're going to feel in the campaign and the more fun you're going to have. And so when I think of creepy person who kidnapped my character, I think of Benicio del Toro as the collector, <laughs> but it could be anything. It could be. I was, see, in my mind, I was thinking Dick Dastardly. Huh? I don't know what that is. Yeah, you know who Dick Dastardly is. Oh my god. Is that from Rocky and Bullwinkle? No, that's uh, Boris and Natasha. Oh, that's right. Dick Dick Dastardly. Yeah, Google Dick Dastardly and you'll know know exactly who he is. like a 1920s race car gargamel. Like somebody to the railroad tracks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dick Dastardly. What a name. Oh man, they didn't know what they didn't know the gold they had back then. I promise. That's great. Is this the cartoon with the dog that went like he like? like oh no, that, that's 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 Muttley. Uh, oh, that is. Yeah, that's this cartoon. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Wow. Dick Dastardly and Muttley appear together. Great. Sorry. Yeah. They were also in the uh, the new Scooby Doo movie. That movie was trash. Movie but anyway. Was trash. <laughs> Top 10 Scooby-Doo movies. Ready? Let's talk. Oh, no. Is that, yeah, so you're done, Lenny? No, yeah, and I want, I want to uh, just wrap it up with saying under traits and descriptions, you know, like what I look like, uh, my alignment's neutral good. Alignment's a big part we hadn't really talked about. Like, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm not really good or evil. I'm just trying to get my revenge, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, but I don't, but I don't want to... Um, I want to do the right thing, but I don't want to, you know, break the laws and be like a terrible person. Uh, my gender is blank because I'm a bird and you don't know. <laughs> my size is medium, and under hair I have a bird. <laughs> so if you think about that, I don't really have hair. I'm a bird. You got feathers, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I think the average person probably would have wrote feathers. Yeah, no, it's a bird. A bird. In my mind, it's like mostly white feathers with some dark brown feathers, but it could be anything. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have, a, I, have a, 
I have a rapier that I use with one hand, which is, you know, like a fencing kind of short thingy. And then in my offhand, I've got my talons, which is like normally an unarmed strike would be just like punching somebody. I'm scratching at it with my talents in my offhand. because. Yeah. So this is another homebrew part that Jake really helped me fit this character into the story. Normally it'd be a 1d4 plus your strength modifier, but my strength is garbage. And he thought that since I'll, you know, I'm a bird, I'm dexterous, and my whole body's kind of like this dexterity finesse weapon, that I should have a 1d4 plus my dexterity modifier. So a normal dagger, if you guys look at it, it's just a 1d4. But the talons would be a 1d4 plus my dex, which would be 1d4 plus 3 well, since my dexterity is 17. So. Daggers, daggers are also considered finesse weapons, so you would be able to add your dex to that. Not with, not with my offhand, though. Rawr. Right, right, right. Yeah. But with talons, it being like a... Trait thing, yeah. I get that. I get I that. Think because it's literally your hand yeah. is the thing. I, I feel comfortable giving you the bonus for that. Yep. So with my rapier, I'll attack with a one d eight plus my same plus three dex modifier, and then on the same thing, I can use uh, my offhand attack in the same turn to attack with a one d four plus three for my talents. So that's my dude. I'm a stabby and I'm slashy kind of thing. <laughs> oh no, and I'm a rogue. So I get to do sneak attack, which is if the person who I'm attacking is otherwise preoccupied with other of us being around them, I can kind of try to sneak around and I get a 1d6 damage. Or if you have an ally within five feet of you. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, then me. Yeah. So he's he's, he's probably looking. Looking, Yeah. Tyler or me and you sneak attack him. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a rogue. I'm, you know, trying to uh, slide around and stab and slash where I can and hopefully I don't get hit. Hopefully Tyler gets hit because that's it. <laughs> so right. Tyler, you want to talk about your guy? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, we talked about it before. I'm a new player to this, so I'm just going to talk about it from a new player's perspective. I, I built my sheet like an hour ago. I don't have as in depth of a backstory as Lenny does. Um, but I'm a barbarian named Heath. What, what's your race? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm half orc. I'm a half <laughs> orc barbarian named Heath. <laughs> and uh, Heath grew up on the streets, so he uh, his background uh, is what they call an urchin. And Josh had to show me the different backgrounds and stuff. But an urchin, uh, you're a loner. You grew up on the streets, uh, and you had to fend for yourself. And that's kind of this guy's backstory. He doesn't know his parents, um, but he uh, he kind of has that that's street smarts and knows how to survive and pickpocket people and and uh, steal and, and make his way through everything. Uh, he definitely uh, resents uh, rich people. Uh, he he doesn't like anybody who has any money, especially people that just had it given to him. Um, that didn't have to work for what they had and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I could go through all the modifiers and everything. I wrote, I rolled really well on this. So, um, strength is the big thing for uh, somebody that's a barbarian because, uh, you're swinging weapons and hitting things. So my strength is, uh, is a 19 actually. So, um, my armor is a 17. Um, yeah. AC. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I can run really fast and go 30 feet. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, the. Uh pretty uh, standard normal speed. movement for immediate oh, yeah, okay see see well, <laughs> we're learning together if anyone new is listening to this so um i can see it uh at night i have dark vision 
and my starting weapon is a great axe, which uh, I learned is a two-handed weapon. So, uh, like Lenny was talking earlier, he has an offhand where he can attack with his uh, talons. I can't. I only have uh, one weapon, unless I'm assuming I have to take a turn to uh, unequip the big yeah, axe. Yeah, correct. So, like, you're, you're kind of like Conan with, like, a giant axe, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got a big one. He's got a big one. Like big old muscles and like loincloth and like smash kind of yep. thing. Uh, I mean, maybe he doesn't have to have a loincloth. All right, gym, gym shorts and a big axe. Yeah, I have <laughs> definitely a, gym shorts. The most important one. part about this for me is that you don't have a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's a given. <laughs> just uh, off, the- off, your offhand is actually just like a little spritz bottle full of water. So between rounds, you can just like spritz your muscles and, and be all glistening. Exactly. Nice. But that's the uh, that's the general gist of my barbarian. Um, it's going to be kind of a learning learning as I go thing. Uh, mm-hmm. For anyone else that's also Fine. listening to it, we're gonna get we're gonna get through it. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, I'm going to start the adventure the first session it's going to be a little bit of exposition dump but we're going to get there uh does anybody have any questions before we start nope okay so your adventure is going to begin you are all uh as you described yourselves escorting a wagon just the three of you you are transporting supplies to Fandolin from Neverwinter, where your friend, Gundren, his full name is Gundren, if anybody wants to write this down. Jacob, can you do voices? There no. Yeah, I can do all the voices. He, he, he does, yeah, in our IRL session. Oh, that'd be great. Um, Gunderson? Who's his name? Gundren. Gundren. Gundren Wing. Yep. Gundren Rockseeker. He's a dwarf. And he told you that if you and uh, these other two guys escorted this wagon, he would give you 10 gold pieces each. Mm. That's a lot for level one. How much gold do I have now? Um, well, if, if your background didn't tell you, uh, you got extra gold. Like if you were a noble, you get extra gold as a background. Mm-hmm things like that then then you don't have any no i picked that thing where it was like a modest normal person yeah so okay. um yeah and then also like generally speaking um if you do a session zero which is kind of what we just did just like building the characters rolling your characters um everybody kind of helps develop their backstory and like we talked about last last time if everybody develops backstory together um for example, Tyler might have saved Lenny from a cage or, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Blizz's character might have um, almost been killed by Tyler's tribe and Tyler felt sorry for him and saved him. Like, uh, notice my character, just, uh, Keith, please. What's that? <laughs> He's anyone you to refer to his character as Heath. Heath. Heath would save what's your what's 
Keith would save Almore. He, he has no last. He has no last name because he doesn't know his parents. No, my no, name. My name. My name is Flight D Eisenhower. And then uh, you know, Flight D Eisenhower could have ran into those two guys when right after he escaped his cage, and they kind of right. get through a tough spot. Dude, we're and friends. All, you can call me Flight. You don't have to do the whole name. <laughs> So, you know, bonding your characters together like that just makes it easier for you as a DM later. Um, it gives them a reason to be together that you don't have to give them other than like money and and uh, saving the world or whatever bullshit happens. All right. So I'm going to start the story. As you guys travel down a muddy, slow traveling road start to get a little tired, wary. Every bend looks the same, tree after tree after rock after tree after rock of muddy road in the woods. Do we just walk behind them, like escorting the wagon, or are we... Well, you can... That's interesting that you would say that. If you'd like to drive the wagon, you could, or you can be wherever you want. But it's just the three of you. Oh, I want to drive the wagon. Oh, so it, we have, just to set the scene, there's a wagon with a couple of horses, draft animals, mm-hmm. two. and two, two draft animals in a wagon, and the three of us, no driver, no two nothing. Oxen. Well, I'm driving. Okay, two oxen, Tyler's driving, there's nobody else, just the three of us. Yep. Okay. Good. Yep, so you, you're... Uh, and my cleric will be, he will be in the smell the of the oxen, starts to, st- to uh, sting your nose a little bit as the day wears on and see that the wagon is full of supplies and food that shake around in the back, causing a click clack starts to get a little annoying every now and then you see casts of salted pork, strong ale, some shovels some picks attached to the side, crowbars, Mm. lanterns, barrel of oil. Mm. Looks like we're going to resupply a mine of some kind. Yeah, if you uh, if you look at it, it's, uh, if you want to go ahead and make an investigation check, I can go ahead and Ooh, do that. I have a decent investigation. Okay. Uh, eight. Uh, I didn't say blues. I said Lenny. Oh, that's about what was going okay. on. I've All got right. I've got plus two to investigation, so twelve. Even 12? better. Okay. Uh, you. See, it's about. 100 to 150 gold pieces worth of stuff in the bag. Hmm. So we're, we're, we could be a target, really. If 10 gold pieces is a lot for a level one, we could be a target to somebody. So uh, you've been. I th- so what? Well, hold on. Okay. So first, if you want to, if you want to talk as your character, then you could be like, "Hey guys, we got some stuff. We could be a target. Let's be careful." <laughs> yeah. Well, you can. <laughs> Common. <laughs> One of your racial languages, that's okay. Lenny's like, follow your nose. Yeah. Follow your nose. <laughs> You've been on the Tribor Trail for about a half a day. As you come around mm. the bend of so, trees, yep. Uh, hey guys, this is Flight the Eisenhower speaking. Uh, I, I like I think, Josh. Why do you say his full name? <laughs> you will respect me. Uh, My, no. So, hey, it looks like we got a lot of stuff here. Um, this trail, we don't really, we're not familiar with it. You know, we're just kind of taking it up the road. What I'm going to do is for the next half a day or so, I'm going to stand 
since I'm very light and my bones are hollow as I'm a bird, I'm going to, I'm going to stand uh, on the yoke between the two oxen uh, and just keep an eye out on what's coming up ahead of us. And okay. you may notice that my head as, as the oxen bob up and down, my head stays the same place. So while driving the wagon looks at this weird bird man, Knowing that he's tall enough to sit higher than him anyway. Yeah. Oh, so you're while just driving at bird ass the whole yeah. way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to. Uh, my the Almorn turns to flight, and he says, uh, "I mean, it's not a terrible idea, but if we're because you said it was getting what time of day is it, Jacob? Uh, I'd say it's around noon. Okay, okay, that's good then. The I'm gonna say it because." Uh, no, that's that's good. Just let, me, let me take watch for the next six hours or so. You know, so you guys, can, he can focus on driving. You can relax and and, and not re- totally relax, but I'll, I'll keep watch on what's coming around the next bend. And at like six o'clock, when yeah. it's dark and uh, the vision starts to fail, you can take over. Okay. I'll say, I, Al, Al Warren turns. Like, he just like looks at the Heath. <clears throat> He's like, yeah. Um, as from what I can, from what I know about orcs. Uh, the two of us will be better off to see at night because we we have uh, you know I don't know about you bird people, but uh, I don't have dark vision. I've just got normal vision. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we'd be we'd be better watchmen at night for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, we can watch the we can watch the wagon. No problem. So you do what you need to do. Flight. I could even drive at night if need be. Jacob, know. is there anybody with us? Um, no, we're, we're, we're escorting this wagon to somewhere we don't know, and you're going to. You know where you're going. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be rough, right? Like, hey, take this wagon. What? I'm from Neverwinter, which is a large city on the uh, the Sword Coast. And okay. We're traveling to a uh, a place called Fandolin. Okay, gotcha. Like never winter nights, never winter. If you want to make a if you, Tyler, go ahead and roll a history check, and I'll tell you about Fandolin. Uh, uh, what what roll a d twenty d twenty? Yeah. So you see you, you see your skills there. Says, yeah. yeah, I showed him how to do it. Earlier. Oh, good, good. All right. Um, so my history has a zero next to it, so I'm not going to do very. So whatever your roll is, that's what it's going to be. Okay. Uh, five. Okay. Uh, Fandolin is a town. <laughs> Hey, I think I've been there before. Yeah. Guys, I'm pretty sure there's going to be buildings there. Pretty sure. Okay. Sweet. (laughs) Anybody want to know about Fandle? Want to know about where you're going? He says, what is a history check? Yeah, go ahead and make a history check. Yeah, I got pretty good history. I got a plus three in history, so let's do this. Oh, total 22. So you would know that Fandolin is is built on the ruins of a, an older settlement hundreds of years ago. Uh, mm. and it was thriving previously. Now it's um, it's not doing as well. Uh, it was abandoned for a really long time. In the past three or four years, some settlers have come in from cities like Neverwinter and Waterdeep. And they are now reclaiming the ruins of Fandolin and um, kind of sprucing it up a bit. It has... Uh, it has a very uh, pioneer town feel, but with the ruins and large buildings of a of an old world city. Mm. 
Um, kind of like, like Rome. Foothills of the Sword Mountains. Um, and you know that uh, on the way, uh, the way is usually um, kind of perilous, which is why they got seasoned adventurers like yourselves to <laughs> the items. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, when he when uh, <laughs> when <laughs> he says, uh, "I'm pretty sure there's buildings." Almorn turns to him, and he just like smiles. And he's like, "Yeah, there's plenty of buildings there." Like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> see, that's a, that's an interesting thing. He just so he knows now a lot of stuff, but Lenny and Tyler's characters do not know those things. And, I might. Uh, I don't know. Do I know uh, those things? I don't know. I might. Tyler doesn't. We know that for sure. Tyler does not. <laughs> and for the purposes of this, Tyler is going to, as hard as it's going to be for him, have to pretend like he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and that's just how you play. You just you get the information you're given, and unless another character or the DM gives it to you, you have to pretend uh, it's pretend. You have to pretend like you don't know. Uh, so, for example, if uh, you, if your character has never seen a dragon before, never even heard of a dragon, and lived a sheltered life, even though you, as a player, knows what a, know what a dragon is, and they, you might even know what the breath weapons do and uh, various other things about dragons, um, you can't use that. Being yeah, player, it's like your mix. your character would pee themselves if they saw a dragon for the first time. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Well, most people do. It's it's called dragon fear it's an ability dragons have anyway <laughs> okay so um i want to speed up the horses uh okay. since i'm driving it i'll make well, them you don't have any of those but you do have two oxen <laughs> okay so i have oxen can uh do i have reins do i have some sort of range okay can we just get them to a gallop you know why don't you go ahead and I, an oxen man they're oxen yeah but they'll i mean gallop yeah, Austin can gallop, right? So, so that's the thing you can do. Roll an animal handling check. And what is the D20 as well? Yep. yep. Yeah, any kind of check will always, or skill check or anything like that will always be a D20. Okay, gotcha. All right, 13. Okay, so um, the oxen kind of. Mm, <laughs> uh, and funny flight uh, feels a little bit of a kick underneath them. And mm. uh, go ahead and roll a dexterity check. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, flight. I mean, 18. 18. Uh, the oxen kick up a bit and speed up, but you are able with your crazy bird claws to and your dexterous nature to maintain your perch. Great. Good. There we go. And <laughs> your speed is increased. And you come around a trail. Uh, you come. You're down. The, you come to a, a left turn around a very large rock, and you see. Two dead horses. Oh, damn. 50 feet ahead of you, blocking the path entirely. Whoa, oxen. As I pull back and stop them uh, before we get up to the horse. The oxen uh, lurch to a, to a stop. Mm. Um, each horse, as you look closer, now that you're, I mean, it's right around the bend, so you're pretty close. I'm not going to make anybody roll a perception check. Uh, each has several black feathered arrows sticking out of it. Oh, the woods. Uh, pretty close to the trail here. Um, have a steep embankment uh, up above the rock to your left. Uh, you see the steep embankment and the uh, the thickets that are on top of it and the forest beyond. 
and there's thickets on the other side at ground level with you. Um, so, so Jacob, uh, uh, I want to see if the surrounding vegetation has been disturbed, disturbed recently. Should that be a nature check or a perception check? Well, um, you want specifically to check for irregularities in the vegetation, or you want to check it, to see if the vegetation has been disturbed? I want to see if it's been disturbed because there's okay. a bunch of there's dead horses and there's. You're gonna be there. looking around, looking at stuff. Just go ahead and make a general investigation check for me. Investigation. Okay. Oh dang it. Yeah. Oh, uh, nineteen. Okay, so um, wow. for the purposes of this, we're gonna say that you kind of just survey investigated the entirety of the area, uh, looking over the horses, seeing what kind of arrows there were looking at the vegetation, seeing what way things might have gone, so on and so forth. Um, you find that the saddlebags have been looted in these horses. Mm-hmm. And uh, nearby, towards your right, on the uh, opposite side of the embankment, you see an empty leather map case. Hmm. Um, and you can tell, because of your relationship with Gundren Rockseeker, and um, his previous affiliation with a, uh, a person, a, a character named Slidar Hallwinter, um, that those are their horses. Those are two people that you guys would know who sent you on this uh, trek. They said they would meet you in uh, the next town. Oh. Allenden, and um, these are their horses. Mm. I'm going to... Uh, Al Morn is going to go up to like one of the dead horses and check to see if the blood is like still like liquidy or if it's dry. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, roll an invest. Uh, well, that's easy enough. I would roll a nature check for a survival. Uh, survival. Uh, 15 total. Um, you can tell that. This is a this is a more recent encounter, probably within the last hour. Mm. I turn to uh, flight and Heath. They can't be too far from here. Whoever did this. Hmm. So uh, Heath jumps down off the uh, the wagon and pulls out his axe and just as you, as you jump down, uh, I want everybody to make a perception check. Okay. That's also mm. a d twenty. Yes, sir. Yep. Oh, Ooh, total fifteen. Five. Okay. No six. I rolled a two. Because <laughs> your perception is at three. I'm still uh, up on the oxen. On the oxen, by the way. Okay. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Yep. Okay. Uh, I want everybody to roll initiative. Oh. Oh dang. Okay. Is that also a D20? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had your initiative modifier. Um, initiative modifier. What's your initiative modifier? Oh, oh my god. Three. Plus three. Ty- yeah, Tyler's, I think, is plus three. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, 20. Oh, god. I did terribly. How do you know if that's a nine or a six? Uh, a the line... There should be a little pip. There's a dot next to mine. Yeah, on the bottom? Yeah. The dot goes on the bottom, so. Oh, okay. So it's a nine. Okay. Nine, three. Okay. 
That's called a pip. Uh, so uh, the way I usually uh, do this is uh, I'll go through initiative 25 to 20. That's me. I'm 20. Okay. So we've got flight in our initiative order. Um, 20 to 15. I got, got 12. Jeez. With your initiative uh, bonus or? Yeah, with it. G2. Oh, wow. What'd you say, 12? Yep. Okay, hold on, give me just a second. And then, um, I'm sorry, what's your character's name? His is Heath. Heath. <laughs> we have Heath, um, 15 with, to 10. Nasty. With an H, Heath with an H. Yeah. 15 to 10. Nope. Okay, so we got <laughs> Josh, what are you? G3. Do you roll a natural one? 10 to 5. Yeah. Oh. Uh, five. Oh, oh boy! Did you, a, did you roll a two or? I rolled a three. My initiative bonus is two. Almorn. We got Almorn. Yeah. Almorn. Oh my god! And then we have G. Well, my dude's the healer anyway, so he doesn't need to be like. Yeah, no, you up. don't need to be first. That's Damage healers usually like to be up there first in tanks. That's true. Just sprinkle some band aids and peroxide from the wagon. All right. Okay. So for the people watching, um, I made them do a uh, perception check because. Um, there was something that uh, was was trying deliberately not to be seen, um, and whenever Tyler got off the thing, that kind of triggered a general need for a perception check because of the way uh, the the way that the things in the woods were thinking. Uh, they remained stealthy the entire time, um, oh. so they, they get what is called a surprise round. Oh boy! Um, so they're going to get to act first. Um, so you still go through the same initiative order. So flight will still be first, he, but he has to skip his turn because he was taken. He was surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, and then G one is going to go G two is going to go. And then Heath will go, uh, will be skipped as well because he was surprised if anybody had passed their perception check to see the G's <laughs> or these nulls, you'll see, okay. uh, <laughs> if, if anybody had passed their check, they would have uh, been able to to uh, go this turn, but they'll be able to go next turn. So uh, first thing is you see out of the bushes pops a uh, small goblinoid creature. Oh, goblin. Oh, mm. thank God. Said, more, more meat, more meat. And uses his short bow to hit you guys. He's about... Uh, oh. What do you mean you guys? All of us? He's about 50, 50 feet away from you. On, uh, my, on our left or on our right? Are they popping right. up? Pop you, you have two on your right out into the woods. Okay. Um, but you'll, we'll get there whenever they pop out. Okay. And then there's, yeah, we'll get there as we get there. Okay. So uh, he's going to shoot you with his. Who? The goblin. Shoot who? Uh. I'm rolling to see right now. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, we're gonna go with. Oh, we're gonna go with uh, the uh, the barbarian since he's the one that jumped out of the. Thing. Oh, I only got nine hit points, so don't hit me. No, oh, my. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. Uh, this is okay. So I roll the d20 to be able to hit him. I add uh, the modifiers for this goblin, which is a plus four. Uh, that would be a ten total. And I'm assuming that doesn't hit his armor class, which is what you're trying to hit when you're attacking something. You're trying to hit that thing's armor class. 
So, for example, when these guys are trying to hit these goblins, their armor class is a 15 because they're wearing leather armor and, and they have shields. Um, this one, obviously, is using the short bow, so he does not. But um, he doesn't have one equipped anyway. So, does a 10 hit you, Tyler? Your no. armor class. Okay, no. so that is a miss. The other one takes out his short bow uh, and rolls a 9, so he also misses. Uh, and then from above you on the embankment, mm. uh, about 20 feet up, a very, very steep hill. On the left? On your left, okay. you see two more goblins pop out and <clears throat> shoot at the uh, bird person. Oh. And that's a 17 plus 4 to hit. Golly. Mm. Yeah, that hits. Okay, and then he is going to... Roll his damage dice, which in this case for the short bow is a d6 plus 2. I roll 3, that's 5 total, 5 damage. Okay. And the next one is going to be go for the other gentleman out there, elfy, half elfy guy. Mm. And uh, he rolled a 14 plus his 4 is an 18. Damn. Is that your yeah, armor that class? Yeah, it's. Okay, what's your armor class? Just for the people at home. 13. So he hit his armor class foe show. And we're going to roll a damage dice for that as well. And that is a 4 plus 2 as well. So that's mm. 6 damage to you. Mm. Dude, I got 4 hit points. <clears throat> okay. So. <laughs> wow. Now. Hey, um, Almorn. I feel about 44% of myself right no. now. You can't do that. Not yet, anyway. Not not until your turn, which it is your turn. Oh. So go ahead. Hey, Almorn. <laughs> I feel about 44% alive at the moment. Uh, okay, so uh, I need to... Oh, clear. here. Uh, real, sorry, Lenny. I don't... I, oh, I want to okay. take people through the, the actions. Oh, yeah. Hold yeah, it yeah. on Tyler's turn. I'll no, that's go. fine. So I want to close the gap between me and the enemy, right? So that's a movement action. How far away is this enemy from me? Uh, you want to go for the ones in the room? Whatever the closest one is. He said the ones on the on the embankment were about 20 feet up. Yeah. And no, the he ones, said the about 30. So technically the ones on the embankment are closer, but the other ones are, are 50. Easier to, They're easier to get to, though. Here's a question. I've got four hit points. Could I hide inside the wagon and eat some food to get some life back? No, you could not. Okay. So shoving you, salt you pork. Could, you could hide. Um, you could hide for an hour and then use your, your take a short rest. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I got people to the right of me that are thirty feet away, uh, and people up an embankment, which I can. Uh, no. 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 Yeah, the, the ones in the, the woods, are, the 50 woods are 50 feet away. Okay. Out, out into the woods. The ones up the embankment are about 20 feet up. Can I make it to them? Um, could I climb up the embankment? You, you absolutely could, but I am going to ask you to do an either an acrobatics check or an athletics check to get up the embankment. I would do an acrobatics check. And it's... What's the, what's the target? Most of the time, I would consider that difficult terrain, which would be half your movement, so you would only be able to go up 15. Oh, so I wouldn't even make it anyway. Well, because of because of your light stature and the fact that you're all that you're. Wait, did you jump down? I am on the oxen. Okay, since you're about five feet up anyway, 
I'll go ahead and give you that extra five feet. So if you pass okay. this, if you pass this okay. check, I'll put you at the top of the inventory. All right. So my acrobatics rolls off my dex, and I'm proficient. So I've got a plus three from the dex and a plus two yeah. from the proficiency bonus. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was off the table. It's a twenty-two. Okay. So uh, you guys see his bird-like form, his talons, um, grab his rapier, and uh, kind of flutter his his uh, his clipped wings. My impotent, my impotent rage. And, uh, he <laughs> kicks off of one rock, kicks off of another, and he finds himself at the top of the embankment with the uh, the other goblins, and he has an attack action still. Yeah. So I'm going to first attack with my rapier, and then with my talent as my unarmed strike bonus action. Okay. Are you going to split it up between the two goblins, or are you going to? Uh, I'm. An, I don't. I'm going to attack the closest first goblin to me first with my rapier. Well, you you can't. It's just one deal, so you got to pick your target. Oh, I'm gonna go all in on one. You of don't them. have two. You don't have two attack actions yet. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go all in on the on one. Okay. So I'm gonna roll my one d eight. No, oh, you got to roll, no, roll, roll, roll the d twenty. That's right. So I get yeah. a plus five to my hit DC. So that's a fifteen. That hits. Okay, so then I'm gonna just roll hits. my d just hits. Gonna roll my d eight. Yep. Plus your dex <sighs> mod. I rolled a one plus a three, so four. Oh, jeez. Okay. So G1 takes four damage. Now I get to attack with my talons, mm -hmm. which is a 1d4 plus also three. Mm -hmm. Rolled a hit for that as well. I rolled a natural three, so six hit points. No. No, no. Roll, roll the hit with your... Oh, oh, it doesn't hit all around? No. Oh, damn it. That was a good I, I, d4 roll. Oh, off the table. Oh, 18. So... Uh, 18 plus now roll damage. So 19, yeah. There's so my damage. Still a three. Uh, so six. Okay, six more damage to that goblin, and you see as as um, as flight jumps up athletically, plants himself, lunges his rapier into the goblin's arm, and then slashes at him with his offhand across the face, and you see the goblin collapse in a Ooh. pile. Is he dead? He is unconscious. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Ooh. What is I'm a savage? Ooh. Oh, there you go. All right. Um, next in the thing is G2, which is standing next to G1. He is going to attack you. He's going to drop his uh, bow and grab his uh, scimitar. Take it out. Oh, did I kill that guy before he got his action? He takes a swipe at you with his scimitar, and uh, yeah, the, yeah, you did kill him before oh, he got his action. Sweet. The, the one next to him takes a swipe at you with his scimitar, uh, which is a curved, small curved sword that he's using, mm -hmm. and um, he uh, he misses due to the surprising nature of your form. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, he said you got a weird body. That's what he's mm. doing. <laughs> <laughs> so now it is Heath's turn. People like that, Tyler. I guess Bird. I mean, that. whatever your name is, Heath. Heath. <laughs> Heath with an H. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Shirtless and from the streets. Since this yeah. is your first time playing, <laughs> I should have had to roll a d twenty to see if I was distracted by Tyler's glistening muscles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tyler, since this is your first time playing, especially as a barbarian, yeah, the first thing you'll want normally want to do as a barbarian, obviously, go into your barbarian rage, you, okay. and you have to tell the DM that you want to do that. So, okay, um, uh, Heath wants to go into a rage because he's furious about all these people coming out from nowhere. I like that you gave an explanation for his rage. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you a point of inspiration, Tyler. Oh. And what that is, is he can use that point of inspiration whenever he wants to re-roll a bad roll. Oh, cool. I'll put a one there. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, and I actually want advice in this one. So would this be a situation where you run up to them because my, my axe, which is a melee weapon, is more powerful? But I could obviously, from where the wagon's at, I could throw a javelin or throw a hand axe at him. Well, that's uh, that's whatever you think. So you, the situation is, as you see it, you see a okay. goblin up a, an embankment that you could hit with your javelin um, that is uh, menacing your friend. You also see uh, two goblins out into the woods, also in range of your javelin, that you cannot reach by running. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to... Well, he could if he used his action to dash... But then you would not have an attack action left. That is correct. Okay. So yeah, let me let me go through uh, real quick on your since since I wanted to do this on Tyler's turn because he's new. Um, your actions uh, during your turn during a combat um, and technically like anytime you're doing something uh, in uh, you're always you're always taking these things and it gets broken down into uh, about a 10-second increment of time. So each player's turn, each uh, creature that you're fighting or person that you're fighting's turn is broken down into these things. Um, so whenever you whenever you start a combat, first you want to determine whether or not um, anybody's surprised, which uh, is important for characters like Lenny or Bob um, because they use surprise a lot. Um you, then you want to establish where everyone is, which we did. Uh, then we roll initiative, and then we take our turns. And then, on your turn, you can move at your speed, which everyone here has a, a movement of uh, 30. Some people, like Lenny, would have a flight speed that's probably higher than his regular movement. Lenny, what do you remember what your racial ability flight speed was? 50. 50, so he can fly f- faster than he can run, which makes sense, right? Um, and then you can, so you move and then you can also take one action. Um, that action can consist of all kinds of things. Um, and then you also get, uh, things like bonus actions, um, which are basically things that you can do with your regular action, which in Lenny's case and in Tyler's case are going to be either throwing a javelin or hitting someone with a weapon, uh, is your regular action. And then... Um, Lenny's character could bonus action hide or bonus action dash. Rogues how, have a lot. Of how do I know what my bonus actions are? Well, you don't have uh, any right now. Okay. Uh, well, you're actually, yes, you do. I'm sorry. Your bonus action was your rage. Oh, okay. Um, this time. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. So you also have reactions. Those take place during, um, other people's turns. Uh, you can also break up your move. You can move 10 feet and then attack and then move another 20 feet away. If you move away from a creature that's within your uh, combat zone where they can hit, 
they will get what's called an attack of opportunity. Um, difficult terrain we already covered, uh, half movement usually, um, but Lenny's form helped him a little bit with that and already being up five feet. Um, you can also take, uh, other than the, the dash of the attack action, you can also take a dash action, like Blizz just said, uh, which is like 60 feet instead of the normal 30, so it's doubled. Um, you can also disengage so that that attack of opportunity doesn't happen to you, uh, like I just talked about. You can also take the dodge action, which basically makes them roll two d20s to hit someone, and they have to take the lower of that, which is called disadvantage. Gotcha. Um, you can also help, which is uh, you can um, make a medicine check on, on uh, someone. You can... Uh, do a lot of different things. You can uh, help give advantage. You can um, do a lot of different things. Lenny can hide, ready. Uh, you can also search during during combat if you really need to. You know, if you you guys are fighting a big bad and the only thing that stops him is a special key that's in the room that you're fighting him in, you can search for that key. Um, when you make an attack, though, you choose a target. Um, you determine what your modifiers are. You roll the dice to see if you hit it and then you resolve the attack. Um, you use your ability modifier and your proficiency modifiers and um, things like that. Um, if something's invisible or in the darkness and you can't see it, that gives you a bit disadvantage, obviously. Uh, ranged attacks are, uh, for example, you, Tyler, you're throwing a javelin, or you could throw one of your axes if you really wanted to. And basically that just turns it into a ranged attack and you would follow the rules for that. So like a longbow is 120 feet. Uh, those goblins were using, let me see what they were using. Uh, short bows, right? Aren't they? I'm, yeah, I'm sure they were short bows, but I just wanted to see what yeah, they were. Yeah, I'll say a short bow, 1d6 plus. The range four. on short bows is 80 feet by 320 feet. So they, uh, they're not at disadvantage when shooting something within 80 feet of themselves. Gotcha. Um, and that's pretty much it. You have hit points, uh, like Lenny has already talked about. Um, when you take damage, you lose your hit points, just like yeah. basic, basic video game stuff. All right, so, so what do you um, want to do? What, uh, Josh, you were talking about dash. Um, what is well, that? That is for a non-rogue. Uh, well, you can take you can take the regular action dash, which I just talked about. Um. So you would move for your movement 30 feet, and then you take the dash as an action, which is movement of another 30 feet, but then your turn's over. After yeah, you, you you wouldn't get to attack if you did that. Gotcha. I'm, so, just, I'm just trying to get to those guys in the forest because I, I figure they're Okay, they're so you want to go ahead and get in their face and kind of yeah. be a target so yeah. he doesn't get hit. Things exactly. Like yep. Good job. All right, so uh, you make your way easy enough into the forest. You know where they are. You get into the face of one of them. Uh, both of them, actually, you can um, get into the face of and present yourself ah, as a heafy, a heafy target <laughs> instead of a healthy target. It's a heafy target. All right, Almorn. Uh, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's G3's nope. turn, which is next to Tyler. He is going to also drop his uh, bow, pick up his rapier, and hit for 10. That's Misses. Cute. He rolled a 10. And the other one got a 2. <laughs> 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 well, I, actually, it's Almorn's turn before that one's turn. So go Almorn, and then that guy will get it to you if he's not already dead. Uh, yeah, Almorn looks up at the flight and sees like 
after getting smacked by that goblin that he's not feeling all that well, it at least looks like. Uh, so I'm going to cast Healing Word on Almorn. So, Lenny, take 1d4 plus 4 healing. Do I need to roll that, or should Lenny roll that since he's the one being healed? Uh, I think you roll that. That's how we did it before. It's like I, I, like when I was the cleric, I would roll the casting healing, and that's what they would. Lenny's talking from the chair in a public pool right now. All right, Lenny, you are healed first. I got a three on my D four, so three plus four is seven, so you get seven hit points back. Ooh, I'm maxed out. Nicely done. Good heal. Nicely done. So the healer did his healing job. Good job. All right. Very good. No one. And then he just. Uh, so then, oh wait. Oh well, and healing word is a bonus action, so yeah. oh. I can. I'm going to use my regular action. Uh, I'm going to use my short bow oh. and shoot at. Uh, let's shoot at the one that's up there. Actually, one of the ones by Tyler. Okay. All right, I get a plus four. Uh, total twenty. Wow. 1d6 1D plus 2 for damage. Uh, 4 damage. <laughs> Ooh, and the arrow is loose. <laughs> 4 damage total, you said? Yep. With All right. And my short bow. Morns <laughs> turns over... Uh, the fourth goblin over uh, in the woods uh, is is taken aback by his uh, his arrow in his arm and right arrow and uh, misses with a uh, a swing against uh, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> now it's flight's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there's another dude up here next to me. Uh, so I'm going to move close to him and attack. Okay. Well, you Yeah, you're already within melee, so go ahead. Yeah. Alright, so this is my d20 for the rapier. That's Oh, natural 20. Oh, our first crit! Alright, oh, wow. so... Uh, what who Lenny? You want to explain to what a crit does? No, I can't remember. I don't have. Well, in fifth edition, I don't have to confirm, right? No. Yeah. A twenty. Yeah. What? A twenty is a crit. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. when you roll a twenty on a twenty-sided dice, that's considered uh, a crit or a natural twenty or you know whatever. Short, you want to call it. short for critical strike. Yeah. So what that means is that if Lenny's rolling a d8 for his damage die. He's going to double whatever he rolls and then add his modifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he rolls a four, he gets eight total, and then he adds his uh, plus three to dex for dex, and that is 11 damage. So, all right. So I'm going to roll my d8. Yep. It's a four. Hey, so that is 11 so, damage. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, so Lenny uh, um, flights rapier. Spears out, stab stabbing the eye of the of the little goblin. Wow! And he just <laughs> ooh, and uh, goes to the back of the skull, part of 
part of the back of his skull pops out with the sheer force of your of your mm. strike, and he uh, collapses and uh, brings your blade down to the ground as, with him as he uh, collapses to the ground. Heath Ooh, just like a, starts looking at it. He's really like violence. So uh, now I've got a bonus. I've got a bonus action. So I'm all alone up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how this is positioned. Can I get close to the other guy with my movement and then offhand him? You could not because from where you are, you would have to go down about 20 feet and then go out about 50 feet. Damn these broken wings. Yeah. <laughs> If you if actually, you know what? If your wings worked, you could exactly get there. Yeah. Well. Yeah, but they don't. But they don't. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm just gonna just get as close as I can to where he's you're filled, age filled is. with with all the rage and a flashback of what happened to your wings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, crippled. Christmas morning, 1973. I wake up just a little bit before my bird parents. <laughs> I always wanted working wings for Christmas, but I figured this year would be the year. And then in the background, can you take these broken wings and learn to fly again? My parents never woke up. Instead, waiting for me under the tree was a strange man. Instead of leaving gifts, he took his gifts, shoved me in a sack and up the chimney and I wasn't free again until Jesus Christ. He <laughs> next okay. All right, yeah, I, I I move next to the other guy trying to stab Tyler. All right, so you make your way down down the embankment. Uh, I'll let you jump down with an uh, acrobatics check. Okay, that won't, it won't acrobatics at a nine plus five, so fourteen. All right, I'll let you jump down the twenty feet. It's not going to cost you any extra movement. Okay. Uh, actually, we'll call it five feet of movement. Uh, you've got twenty mm-hmm. to work with. Okay, so I just, just just close the distance as close as I can. All right, so you are now twenty five feet, that. Tyler, and the other uh, goblin. Okay, Keith, it's now your turn. Keith slash Tyler. Oh, do you call me Keith? No, that's <laughs> Keith. R- ruining the name there. Keith. <clears throat> Okay, so I'm going to uh, I'm enraged currently still, so I'm going to take my giant axe and I'm going to swing it at the nearest guy. Okay. And, and it's just 1d12, right? D20. Yeah. D20 first to see if you hit him. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And you will add plus four, your strength modifier, no, plus six to your roll. Okay. Oh, strength plus... I, I rolled a three. Wonderful. Oh. So nine total. Yes. Why is he getting plus six to, to attack? His strength is a plus four and his proficiency bonus is plus two. Do you get a proficiency bonus added to your attack roll when you're raging? Is that why? I get a plus two when raging. Not, not to the attack roll. You get plus two on damage when you're raging. But not on the attack roll. So why is he getting the extra? Why is he getting his proficiency? He's got a strength mod of plus four and his proficiency bonus is plus two. He's proficient so he, with the weapon. You yes. Don't get proficiency bonuses if you're proficient with the weapon. Mm. You just what? Get, yeah, to attack, you just that's, you just get to use them without. No, that, that's how D and D Beyond has it. Is I've I've got a plus five to my hit because I've got plus three decks and I'm proficient with the weapon for plus two. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, you don't add proficiency to damage. No, you're right. I I had a brain fart. Go ahead. Roll it, Tyler. So, he did. He's got a nine. All right, I got a nine. Nine total? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you come with your with your axe swinging in the air, and you slam into some pretty slick mud and grass, and your uh, axe is in the is in the ground. Oh, wonderful. Mm. It's great. Squat. It's good. <laughs> and you just, the, the goblin kind of just ducks out of the way. What? All right, now it's his turn. I had something witty to say to uh, him. Uh, his movement away from your, your swing caused him to slip a little bit in the mud, and he swings at you with his scimitar and misses. Uh, now it's Almorn's turn. Almorn is going to cast Sacred Flame. Ooh. Yeah, Sacred Flame type. What's at, the range on that? Uh, 60 feet. Nice. Yeah. And he needs to make a deck save of 14. Mm, he does not pass. Ooh, 1d8. Seven. Which one are you attacking? The one that's been bloodied before? The one I hit with the arrow already, yeah. So seven damage total, you said? Yep. Okay, he is um, engulfed in a holy light. From what did you? You didn't tell us what your god was. Uh, Jesus. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. for the sake. The, I don't know. I didn't. God, I didn't. The yeah. god was engulfed with the flame of Jesus <laughs> and collapses in a pile of. <laughs> there, that, that's a god that's super into retribution and killing people. Yeah. So the, the goblin is burned by the holy fire of Jesus. <laughs> And uh, now it's Flight's turn. Oh my gosh. All right. Flight, there's one goblin left that is not engulfed in the holy fire of Jesus. <laughs> he is uh, standing to, uh, to, to the left of Keith. Um, okay, oh, I'm going to continue closing the distance and I'm going to get within melee range. Okay, so you have 25, uh, 30 feet of movement. You're only 25 feet away. Easy enough. You get up in his grill. All right. And then I'm going to roll from a rapier oh, off the table. It's a four, 19. 19 to hit definitely hits this goblin. Okay. Got a 1d8 plus 3. That's a 7 yeah. plus 3 is a 10. Plus, I get my sneak attack because he's right there next to... Uh, Did you say 10 damage? 10 damage. Plus my sneak attack of 1, so 11 damage. God damn. Uh, yeah, well, the, well, their HP is seven. So, <laughs> and then I, I, I look at his dead body, laugh, and I'm, I go to gnarl him with my talons. Jesus! I do another six damage. <laughs> well, he was, yeah, he was. Whoa! Uh, so, so that's an interesting point, Lenny. And I wanted to cover this before we got off here because I, I now's a good time to stop this, uh, thing, this little thing. Um, whenever you fall down, like this goblin just has, um. As a character, and generally speaking, um, the the NPCs are non-playable characters like these goblins. You would uh, in D and D Fifth Edition, you would start rolling on your turn what's called a death save. Uh, you roll a D twenty. If you get ten or below, um, you uh, you fail it. Uh, Eleven and above, you pass it. Um, that happens every time on your turn. Uh, if you get three deaths, uh, if you fail three, you die, 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 and you have to be revived by a spell or your character, or you just have to 
your character's dead and can't be used anymore. Um, if you pass it, all three, then you come back to life with one hit point. Uh, no, I'm sorry. If you pass all three, you stabilize. If you roll a natural 20, you come back to life with one hit point. If, um, if a, and then the reason I brought all this up is because we're coming to the close of this. And uh, Lenny did a thing that a lot of characters, um, or a lot of non-playable characters will do to players. And he attacked a, uh, a creature that was unconscious on the ground. Um, and, and it dropped to zero hit points. So because he did that, a creature that's prone on the ground in front of you um, automatically is a is a critical hit. So he's automatically doing a lot of damage. And he also, if we wanted to keep this regular this combat with the rules going, he's also losing two death saves on a critical hit each time Lenny hits him. Uh, so within a matter of seconds, this goblin is dead, dead, as we say. Um, and then that encounter is over. And uh, you guys uh, are able okay. to get back to... Well, I was going to say, yeah, before we like finish this up, let's do like the usual post-combat scenario, which is I want to loot the bodies of their arrows okay, and... So make an investigation check. <laughs> and any kind of... Hopefully, currency they might have. Ooh, we a total of five. <laughs> what? Wait, uh, you're able to find the the two goblins down where you are. Uh, they're scimitars. One of them is complete uh, Jesus ashed. So, oh, <laughs> over on that bitch. Uh, uh, well, I will take the scimitar of the other one. Okay. Uh, Anybody else want to do anything before you make your way back to the caravan? Hmm. Can I do a perception check to see if these guys were like a forward scouting party or if they were alone? Should we expect oh. more? Uh, I will let you. That's a good. I will let you roll a nature check for that. Nature uh, check. Okay. You're going for general goblin behavior. Fifteen. 15. Roll a history check with that, if you don't mind. Okay. Doki. Uh, that's an eight. Okay. So um, you know that goblins, uh, generally speaking, um, unless they're really close to their, their main hideout, don't come out in numbers this small. Oh, this small. So we would expect more, or we're close to a hideout. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, Hey guys, I know that goblins generally don't come out in numbers this small unless they're uh, close to their hideout. So either mm. there's more goblins down this road or we're getting close to something. Mm. While the idea of killing more goblins is, well, you guys, I killed one, uh, is intriguing. I feel like we need to get this wagon to where it needs to be. Mm. And I'm like tired. Yeah. Uh, oh, you shouldn't. Yeah, oh, I guess. Liz, why don't you have your character roll a history check for me? All right. Uh, seven total. Okay. Um, <laughs> your character remembers seconds ago you guys came upon the horses of the men you were transporting these goods for. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, those dead bodies. 
Yeah. So, hmm. Maybe we could look for those goblins. <laughs> we got some time on our hands now. <laughs> so we were delivering it to those guys that were just killed, right? For those yep. guys, and they were ahead of you. They were going to meet you in the town ahead. Yeah. Sweet. So, so now, Sweet. if they're dead, do we Sweet really? Caravan. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Do we it's have to? Yeah, now our equipment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could do that, but also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I am. My alignment is good, so I can't do that. Well, mine, mine's cha- mine's chaotic good, so he wouldn't just steal that stuff either. Mine's chaotic neutral. So you might, but we yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the great thing about D&D is that uh, so this thing kind of wants them to go into this goblin hideout and look around and find things and then make their way to uh, make their way to that main town. But, you know, they might decide not to do that, to take this this wagon to the next town and sell it and go on a different adventure. Cool. They might go to the nearest pub and look on the board and, you know. Find a find a monster killing mission or something, you know. Yeah, my best team. That's the great yeah. thing about D&D is that you don't have to follow the these books verbatim. Um, and if you guys want to, as a side project, we can continue. We literally, so we've been doing this for a while now. We literally made it through two pages. <laughs> so yeah, it's been 55, 56 minutes since we started the camp, the actual campaign after the intro of all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, we've we've made it through two pages, and this first little bitty thing is uh, one, uh, four, six, seven pages total, and then you and then you get into part two, and there's also a part three and four of this like introduction to D and D book. Tight. So um, you know it can take as long as it needs to, and you can. I mean, as long as you're having fun and rolling dice and doing cool shit with your friends, and you have a, a good DM who you know, makes it engaging. You have good characters that make it engaging. Um, then the time just flies by. And if you guys, mm-hmm. want to, we can make this a, we can make this a side assorted nuts thing, you know, just continue with the, uh, you know, on, on nights that we record the podcast, we can do a little two hour D and D session, a one hour D and D session. And then we'll yeah. guess for an yeah. hour. Yes. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. Pick it back up later, whatever. Okay, uh, yeah. That has been, that's it jacob thanks for being the dm for a little short one shot if it turns out to be more it, i think it's it's an important role and sometimes is an unappreciated role like josh mentioned in the last episode so thanks and a good job thanks so much yeah thanks a lot man it was fun yeah and we can do it yeah uh, i say i've got uh, if, you get, if you don't like your characters obviously um, your character can just walk off and say, well, he's dead. I don't want to be here anymore. And then your new character Ooh. can walk in from the woods. Who Ooh, maybe, <laughs> maybe part of my backstory is sometime, somehow I find a way to fix my wings later on. <laughs> Let me take. Wait, did you say, maybe part of my backstory is that I also found out how to fix my wings. No, no. Like, like maybe part of the backstory is I'm trying to find a way to fix my wings and you build it into once we feel like we're higher level to where flight isn't broken anymore. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're literally going to do everything from that song, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to take these broken wings and I'm going to learn to fly again. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I got man. the. I got the. Time, oh. Hey guys, if you really wanted to, next time uh, I could I could text you guys these the D, the Rick and Morty D and D character sheets, and we could play the Rick and Morty D and D campaign. Oh man! Oh, I really uh, missed an opportunity. I should have called my character Mister Mister Jesus. Mister Mister Mister. Now he's saying broken wings. Yep. Perfect. Oh. Uh, hey Jacob, how much uh, experience do we get for killing those four goblins? Seven thousand. Uh, let me see what what the goblins are worth. <laughs> do I, I get experience? Maybe twenty-five. I actually went in the mud. Twenty-five a piece. So divided by three, mm-hmm. that's gonna be tough to do. Thirty-three. There's four goblins. Oh no! Wait. Hey, look at this. They're fifty a piece. So oh. uh, two hundred divided by three. Sixty-six a piece. Rounded right? up. 60, yeah. So sixty-seven. So we got 67 experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, let's see what the next level is going to be for you. I think it's 300. It's 100, right? No. I think 300 is level two. Oh, I thought it was 1369. Nope. Nope. Not even close. One, six, 300 four. is level two. 900 yeah. is level three. 2,700 is level four. 6,500 is level five. Mm. And just so, so you, guys, you guys at home know, um, the more they level up and the more things, um, challenge rating type of things that they fight, um, the, the better they'll do. So for example, this, this campaign, this little starter campaign, um, to get you going in the back, it ha- basically has a monster manual, um, and they can fight things like hobgoblins, which are, um, a goblinoid, a type of goblinoid. They can fight, um, bugbears, which are another type of goblinoid, mm. um, Nazar the black spider, which is a, a big bad thing. Uh, Owl bear, there's an owl bear in here. Oh, owl bears are tough. Ogre, um, red band ruffian, <laughs> orc. Oh, Tyler, a regular orc. Hmm. That, that might be some some stuff happening. Uh, <laughs> a, a skeleton, a spectator. Which spectators are like? If anybody knows anything about D and D, you see that thing with the big eye and the tentacles. It's basically the same thing, but it only has four eye tentacles. Oh, it's like um, a, a sturge, which looks like the grossest mosquito bat you've ever seen in your life. Um, wolf, zombie, young green dragon, twig blight, uh, a couple other things in here. Um, commoner, you can fight a commoner. <laughs> Cultist, doppelganger. Doppelgangers are fun. Those are those are creatures that can morph into into people. Especially if they morph into a commoner, which is weird. Yeah, right? I want to convince this doppelganger to morph into a commoner to make him easier to kill. But yeah, uh, that's that's a pretty uh, quick taste of D&D. Nice. Give, yeah. cool. Give us that outro, Liz. Well, <laughs> I want to go um, watch that new Borat movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot that came out today. Uh, anyway, yeah, that uh, as he mentioned, uh, we probably we probably will most likely continue this just so people that are interested in D and D can get a little more uh, I mean, progression of the early stages. Because uh, I mean, it's fun at lower levels, but the stronger your character gets, it gets you just even more fun. Mm. Um, and like I mentioned in our actual previous episode, you know, the whole social aspect of this game is one of the reasons why I love it so much. And it, we did it all audio right here. And I mean, I know some of you probably heard our like rolling 
the, the, the dice rolls. So it's not hard, not hard to do with literally just some dice and some friends or a dice app. You don't even have to have the dice. Yeah, yeah. True, yeah or a dice app. Yep. But or there's a really good Excel uh, formula you can use to. Of simulate. course, you would. Reference. Oh my gosh, Doctor <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheets. Yeah, Doctor Spreadsheets. Nothing you can't do. But, uh, I'm not. I, I guess I'm really. This will probably take the uh, spot for this coming Monday's episode. So when you guys listen to this, it will likely be what is Monday, the twenty sixth. Sixth, yeah. Yeah, so super long special episode, almost two hours on this one. Yeah, for sure. Well, we because... can we can do a, a regular episode uh, after the baby goes to sleep Saturday or, or Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Lord knows I don't have anything to do this weekend. If so, uh, I'm free on Sunday, if I do the, the director thing, especially now that we got Tyler, the director thing would be super fun. Well, we didn't get him involved. Special on guest that. star, special guest star, Tyler. <laughs> right but yeah uh for those that are interested in dnd i'm sure we will keep this you know going uh and like we mentioned if you are just give us one of us a shout out uh we will definitely help you one way or another get into a campaign or get a character created and all that good stuff nice hey hey everybody be careful (laughs) oh i think when i think of an outro it's you should think of something that's already been said best. And I can only think of one thing. Because now, like, the, quote, bronies like, are a thing. And... and that's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll uh, see you next episode. <laughs> oh, my God.